So how's your peace? How is your peace? Last week we talked about um, hope and how we can anchor our hope in many things, and I think our peace can be like that sometimes too. Um, in a similar way, we can look to many things and places and people and accomplishments and circumstances for peace. So as you reflect back on your week, on your week um, do you recall any moments of unpeace? How did you move forward in those moments? Think about that. So we're going to dive into our gospel passage today. is from Mark, uh, chapter one, one to eight. I'll read it, and then we can, you know, we can pull it apart and weave it all together. Uh, this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He has a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord there. So this is the very beginning of Mark's gospel. So Mark, this is John Mark, who we know is Barnabas's cousin, likely knew Jesus. He was probably a teen at the time that Jesus was that Jesus was living. And Mark's gospel, each gospel is a little different, has a different focus, starts a different way, uh, depending on the audience. And Mark's gospel is just so action-packed. He just wanted to, from the, from the very minute, he wants to show action, things that are happening, and Jesus in action. And as we, as, if you were to walk all the way through Mark, you see over and over again, as he's focusing mostly on what Jesus was doing, um, less on some of the lessons and stories, but more on this, um, this miracle and that, all the different things that he did. So it begins right at the place, uh, that links uh, John with the passage in Isaiah that we started with, crying out in the wilderness. So I want to look back at those two passages that we read at the beginning of the service. Uh, Isaiah begins, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jeru Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone. Her sins are pardoned. What a beautiful promise. Uh, listen. Uh, he, he goes on to say, listen, the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord, make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. So he's, he's pointing ahead to the time that John would come and make the way for Jesus to come and comfort us and bring restoration to us. Another piece that, uh, that I want to highlight uh, here is when he asks, you know, what should I shout? And he goes, shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Trying to help redirect people from the things that we tend to focus on 
in our life and our world and what's important um, and showing um, he's showing here what is eternal and he says the Lord is coming and he will feed his flock like a shepherd he'll carry the lambs in his arms speaking about Jesus coming um, he'll carry the lambs in his ar arms holding them close to his heart he will gently lead the mother sheep with their young do you hear the echoes of Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. You think about you think about Psalm. So Isaiah is is pointing uh, pointing to the coming in the same then in um, in our Psalm passage talks about the Lord pouring out blessings and restoring, forgiving and covering sins. Um, I listen carefully for He speaks. Uh, and let me find that passage. Um, yes. Um, I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying, for he speaks peace to his people. I was talking with someone this week about listening for God, and we spent some time last week talking about noticing when God is intersecting in our lives, and will we, are we paying attention to those moments, uh, and then listening. So if we feel, I think I, I shared on the way in last week, I was feeling a little emotional about something like, oh God, what's that? Like, tuning into it and say, God, what do you want me to see or to know? Um, for he, so, but as I was, was talking with someone about that this week, we're thinking about um, God speaking to us in different ways, and it's not always, not always, or it's not never, it's not ever been for me the booming voice from, <laughs> from up above, um, but it's in subtle ways, um, through feelings, through experiences, through random emails and words and songs and lyrics and things that he can connect for us in our lives and he does that he speaks peace to his faithful people people who are looking to him for peace righteousness smiles down from heaven again an echo from last week Lord make your face shine on us as we pray so let's look in this um, in our passage so Mark starts off right away this is good news and he links it with what people had known just as isaiah had written prepare the way for the lord's coming clear the road and he names john the baptist and what he's talking about here i guess i'll read the <clears throat> he's a voice shouting out in the wilderness clear the road for him the messenger was john the baptist and he goes and talks about repentance and isaiah's use of the word wilderness alludes to the time when the people of Israel were wandering in the wilderness. So it's not necessarily desert, some of those, some of like a sandy desert, for example, but it is a place of um, wilderness, a place of wandering, a place where they're searching. He's trying to bring us into fellowship with him. All of Judea, including Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the river Jordan. Now, I want to go back. So in, uh, in Luke's gospel, Luke walks through all of the pieces that were leading up to Jesus' birth. And for those who know the story, and we'll spend more time in the coming weeks talking about this, um, but John was born from Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary's cousin Elizabeth. Um, and he was... Um, he came to them in their old age. So both um, Zechariah and Elizabeth, in their marriage, they, did, they hadn't had any children. And then God came to Zechariah and said, I'm going to give you a son. 
And there's a wonderful story, and we won't go into all of that into all of that today. But he, um, but he makes that promise, and Elizabeth conceives. And um, after Mary conceives Jesus, she goes and spends some time with Elizabeth too. So they're um, they're cousins. They are around the same age. Um, but the beautiful. So there is this time where. Zachariah, the father who didn't quite believe that God was going to be able to do what he said he was going to do, wasn't able to speak through the whole time of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And then after John was born, and then on the eighth day, they do the circumcision and have the ceremony, and they name him John, which, wouldn't, which would have been against tradition, because tradition would be you name the son for the name of the father or someone in the family. And, um, but that was what God had, what, the, what the angel had said to do. And as he spoke that, he then could speak. Uh, once they named him John, he had, had written it out. And then he went into this, they call it Zachariah's song, this beautiful prophecy that he speaks over his son after having just walked, walked through this. And he goes, praise be to God, the Lord, the God of Israel. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them he has raised up a horn of salvation for us, a strong king, in his house of his servant David. And he goes on to talk about how he's, he's prophesying Jesus in this moment, who, will, who is going to come and save the people. And then he speaks directly to his child, John. And he said, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him the way for him, which is what we're reading, and all of this, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness. Lord, make your face shine on us. Um, and in the shadow of death, and guide our feet into the path of peace. That he will guide us into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in the spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly. And so Mark is referring back to, back to all of those pieces. So with that is backdrop, um, he goes, Mark then, in his passage, goes on to say, someone is coming soon who is greater than I. Again, he's the prophet announcing his way, uh, pointing to Jesus. So much, he's so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie the straps of his sandals. So John's pointing to Jesus. He's announcing that someone is coming soon. And he talks about preparing the way, and Isaiah talks about preparing the way, and he talks about you know, leveling mountains and, and the, the road will come up. But what, what this is really referring to is preparing the way to our heart for Jesus, getting rid of those things, those barriers, those craters, those olive pits, all of those things to prepare the way to our heart and to our mind uh, for Jesus, for us to be able to approach and come close, uh, come close to Jesus, to be ready for him to come. That's where he's talking about preparing the way for him. And what he did was he, he helped to guide people to see their sinfulness, to confess and repent. So when we think about repentance, repentance is like 180 degree turn. So it's it's the admitting the sin, but then turning away from I'm not going to live that way anymore, and I'm going to turn to you, Jesus. 
So it's turning away from our sin and turning to God. And that's what John was was going through and announcing that people needed to repent and be baptized. And in his time, the baptism that John did, he baptized with water, but he was baptized. The baptism that he did was not for the forgiveness of sins, as we are now. It was to show that, that people had confessed and were willing to turn and wanted to live according to God. Jesus would come and bring something uh, different and more and new. But it's that 180-degree turn. And there were people that he baptized, and there were people that he would turn away if he didn't see a repentant heart. So the powerful people of the church weren't very pleased with, <laughs> weren't very pleased with that. But he was focused on his mission, singularly. He knew his role. He knew his created purpose was to prepare the way, to prepare the way for Jesus, um, prepare the way to people's hearts. So as we search for peace in our lives, let me see if there was, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything, miss anything else here yet. Just knowing that, um, that Jesus is coming and will baptize, um, baptize us with the Holy Spirit, uh, and he will bring peace. He is the source of our peace. So as we search for peace in our lives, as I mentioned, we can anchor our peace in a lot of different things. Sometimes approval, sometimes success, sometimes things working out the way we want, meeting a goal, someone doing something for us that we really want them to do in a certain way, um, but what happens when those things don't materialize? Getting a job, getting a certain thing. But when the things that we expect or that we're hoping for don't happen, then we're going to anchor our peace there. What happens when those things don't come to fruition in the way that we had hoped? And we're locked, right? We're without peace. So in a similar way, we can look, um, instead of looking to, pe to people, in situations and circumstances in our lives for peace. We know God's word tells us that Jesus is the source of peace. He is our peace. He's the only one who can take all of the pieces, P-I-E-C-E, pieces of our lives, the shredded pieces, and bring them together in peace. He's the only one. In John 16, 33, Jesus says, he's there in the upper room, this is the night, the night of the Last Supper, the night he's going to be betrayed, he's in the room with them, and he says, I've told you this so that you may have peace. All these things that he was teaching them, all through John 13 and 14 and 15 and into 16, it was just, he was just this, this, uh, just non-stop teaching, like he was just doing his absolute download to try and guide them, and at the end of that, I've told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you may have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And in John 14, 27, he goes, I am leaving you, this is Jesus still, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. The world cannot give us the peace that fills our heart. I can't. He says, don't be troubled or afraid. So another word um, for peace in the Bible is the word shalom. <coughs> you got to click on the, um, there's a, Jess is, is in, the, um, in, the, in the teen section, the student section in okay. Harbor Happenings. There are some videos there that the Bible Project has put together, some really great ones, but they talk about shalom 
the sweet tea, but shalom is this desired state of peace and wholeness within the world that was God's desire and heart from the beginning. Um, it's more than just absence of conflict or war. It is a wholeness, a reconciliation, a restoration, where there, where there is no pain and war and brokenness, um, but his creation, his people, the way God always intended. So shalom is this state of peace beyond understanding, peace, just absolute fullness that he wants to give. So, of course, God would give me opportunities to practice peace and unpeace this week. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe the same for you, too. How about you? Um, but I'll share. Oh, I'll share it. I won't preface it. I'll just share it. Um, I had a hard family conversation, and it wasn't a conflict. It wasn't bad. I mean, just sometimes life is hard, and sometimes things happen, and they're sad. And so I was just, I was just feeling sad about it. And kind of weighing on me. And so I walked in my kitchen and I was looking for comfort and peace and so I grabbed a half a chocolate chip cookie and heated up some tea in the microwave and ate the other half of my cookie. And then I um, just I had to have the other half, right? It was like, who really wants to eat the half of the cookie that I broke with my hands, right? Um, so, and then I had another chocolate chip cookie and heated up my coffee. And after I heated up my coffee, I went back and had a half a sugar cookie. <laughs> and then I scrolled Facebook. And then I was like, hey, this is a waste of time. So I decided to check out the news. I didn't stay there for very long. And then I went to like this personal development growth, but I've been doing a lot of reading on the Enneagram. Um, so I was like in that, and I was like, I'm finally, what am I doing? And I finally just opened up his word. After my walk through all of those things that I was looking for to give me some comfort in the moment. And I opened up his word. And I just, it was like, I just like sat in there. Like there's a, uh, the song is well with my soul when peace like a river. Like it just like it felt like I was in the, I just like, I just want to sit here. Like it was just reading his promises and just this exhale of, but it just, it, he's the only one that can bring that peace. And I'm like, wow, I wasted all those calories. I wasted all that time looking just to, looking for comfort in places that don't really bring comfort. Although I do like chocolate chip cookies. Um, but again, it's, it's temporary, it's passing, it's fleeting, right? That doesn't last. But the word of what does the what did the was the Isaiah passage right? <clears throat> the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God endures forever. And His peace, if we will look to Him for peace. So that was my not so good. Sometimes I do better, <laughs> but in that moment I didn't, and I was so aware of it. And it wasn't just like this passing thing. It was like this. I just went through all these things. I'm like, what am I doing? Um, and when I finally did open up his word, it was just like this oh, exhale moment. Um, and I love that he offers us that. And I wish I thought of that first every time, but I don't always. But I'm learning. So what does his, what does all of this tell us? You know, what, what, what do we take from this as we're in this week of peace? And we're trying to figure out, so what do we do from our, from our Mark passage? And, 
Um, in Isaiah, in our psalm, what does his word show us that we can do besides eat cookies? Um, or scroll social media, which, are, which leave us empty or full, but not full in a good way. <laughs> um, but to recognize and acknowledge what we're experiencing when we're experiencing it. It's so easy just to say, pick up, pull up my bootstraps and keep going. It is stuff, whatever it is, whatever we're experiencing. But when we stuff it, it just gets stuck. It doesn't go away, right? It t those things tend to pop up when we don't realize it. So recognizing and acknowledging what we're experiencing, whether it's turmoil in our heart, you know, I was feeling sad. You know, some people might be stressing, and so their their mind is going 100,000 miles an hour. Or some people just kind of feel it in the just in the guts, like oh, just feeling the stress and the unpeace. So recognize it and acknowledge and even lament. Like if you look through the Psalms, God's word is full of people lamenting, like screaming out to God, God, this is hard. God, why are you not doing what I want you to do? Like God can handle that from us. He loves when we will come to him when we're honest. And so I just find, you know, I was like, wow, I'm really sad about this. Um, I tend to be a fixer. I want to fix things. And there are some things that we just can't fix the way we'd like to fix them. And um, or it's not even a fixed thing. Um, but going to God and just acknowledging that it's hard. It's a healthy thing to do. God can handle it. He wants wants that relationship to us, with us. And sometimes relationship is full of joy and sometimes it's full of heartache. And but he can he he wants that time with us. And he'll show us in his word. So we can go to his word, right? Um, remember his promises, looking to his word. Um, I don't know if you have a Bible app, there are lots of Bible apps that you can search. I punch in a keyword, peace. All these passages will come up. You want to look for promises for peace. Look for promises for grief or for all of, for whatever situations might be. Uh, we can look, connect with a friend um, or someone who can affirm God's promises in our lives when we start to get redirected. We're looking to something different. Um, God tells us to help bear one another's burdens. Like there's a story not part of this, but apparently it is now. There's a story in, um, uh, gosh, maybe it's in Exodus. There's a story in the Bible where um, where God's people are fighting. And um, Moses is up on the top of the hill. And as long as he holds up this God's staff, then Israel's prevailing. And when it comes down, um, then the army that they're fighting against is prevailing. And so he's up there, like the whole day, his fighting is going on all day and all day and all day, and he's getting tired. Um, and Aaron and her maybe were up there with him, and um, eventually they brought a rock for him to sit on as he's holding it up, and then one of them on one side holds up one arm, and one of them on the other side holds up the other arm, and they kept, between the three of them, kept the staff up, and Israel's people prevailed. Like, that's what... He allows us to do with one another. Sometimes we need someone to hold our arm up just to help us stay secure and grounded in him. So it's really important. And then ask God to help clear the path to your heart and your mind for him. To pray, just like in John. We can too. We can anticipate his coming. Lord, 
Help us to make room, make room in our minds and in our hearts and in our lives and in our families and our holidays and all of our plans. Help us to make room for the one who's coming, for the reason that we are here, that the reason that we celebrate, the reason that we can have peace in this world. Remember, he says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Do not be troubled or afraid. He wants to take the pieces of our lives, the good ones, the bad ones. He will take the things that are all mixed up, that are shredded and shattered, and bring them all together from pieces to peace. He does that. If I ever write a book, that will be the title, From Pieces to Peace, because it's what he does. It's what he does. So this season, as we wait for him, and ask him to clear the path, that we help others, that we have the privilege to come alongside and enter another person's story and weave their stories with, the sto with God's story, um, his story in our lives, his story in this world, um, and into the good news and the grace and the peace that comes not because of our circumstances, but because of him that then affects how we live, how we interact, how we see, how we hear and how we respond as we walk through our days. Jesus, the author, the founder, the perfecter of our faith, our peace is coming at Christmas. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, God the Son prepares to leave heaven to become Emmanuel. God with us, our comforter, our Prince of Peace. So let's pray. God, thank you that you are our peace. Lord, there is a lot going on in our world, in our families, in our lives, in our workplaces, in our homes, uh, that it's just hard sometimes. And Lord, we know that you are with us. We know that you go before us. We know that you will sustain us, that you will give us strength. Lord, help us to look to you for moments of peace. Boy, we can... We can look to lots of different things for peace. But Lord, when we're starting to feel overwhelmed, help us to remember that you are right there by our side, that you want nothing more than to, for us to draw near to you, and you will draw near to us. You'll give us strength. Help us to remember your truth. Um, help us to be um, one who helps to clear the path for somebody else, Clear the way for someone else to draw closer to you too, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for loving us more than we can think or imagine. For loving us so much that you would choose to leave heaven and to come here. Um, to walk with us. To live among us. Um, setting aside powers just to be a vulnerable child. Um, to grow, to walk, to experience life in this world. Um, you are a savior who understands. You're a savior who's experienced so much. And we thank you. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.